0: So, you have an incurable progressive illness, or maybe we're thrown an unexpected disability. What What the heck, universe? Living with a chronic
1: illness can really suck. Seriously, it sucks, and we'd like a refund. So, let's flip the script and
0: let it make you instead of break you.
1: I'm glad we're finally doing this. I have wanted to talk to you. For I don't even understand how long, like years, like almost three years.
0: Yeah, you said that. I was like, God, has it been that long? It was three Mm. years ago, really?
1: Yeah, yeah. I joined the IGMS community um November of 2019. And I got on and I started, you know, finding disability advocates, and I found you, and I was like, whoa this chick is a badass.
0: Oh my God. Listen to you. Look at you. Are you kidding me? So 2019 thing that's yeah, that was three years
1: ago, right? before. Well, COVID. we lost two years of life with the pandemic and lockdown and didn't it like throw like a time confusion in your mind? Like I have no perception of time now because we lost yeah. so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, um, dang, I, yeah, three years ago, for me like when everybody was like complaining about covid and being locked in, I was laying on my side for 9 months.
1: I remember that, so we I had remember. that first-
0: and then the next year when I finally got up, I was back in bed for 6 months. So for me it's just like I'm just happy just to be up upright. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so everybody listening you all need to know who this woman is that I'm speaking to because she's a pioneer. She's incredible. You are you are so real and raw, and you are, in my opinion, I think the the definition of intrepidity of taking something really, really h- friggin' hard and painful and creating this beautiful life and this strength and the stance of strength and. You know, when you go through difficult things in life, it's really hard to find a way to continue to go through it that's sustainable. Cause we all go through like, you know, the self cheerleading and, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna conquer this and I'm gonna persevere over this. And then we, it kind of dwindles and then you get into a funk. And you, Miss Thing, are so consistent. You are so consistent. So, Angela freaking Rockwood.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goddess.
1: Oh, and if I could
0: tell you right now, so like we were saying, I'm I'm sitting up right now. My caregiver did not show up. Um, I moved out here to the East Coast and started a whole new chapter in my life, which has been pretty interesting because I've been having ups and downs and roller coasters. Meanwhile, my house is being flooded right now because of the rains. Oh. I'm trying to get people to go over there. And I had a caregiver that I had befriended, got very close to, and now she... um just not the one that was supposed to come today, but another one just, I don't know what happened. Just poof, gone. But um, saying all of that, I said all of that. I don't normally share like the gist, but that right there three things on top of not being able to get up out of bed today. But the thing is, I'm just freaking happy to be alive, you know, and breathing. And just, you're sitting here telling me about, yeah, I wasn't born with my disability, but I can tell you, beautiful, that um, I know I'm alive for a reason, and we can go in depth with that and all that and all that and all that, and all that with the people out there.
1: All the things. Uh, <laughs> so just to give, I, I know so much about you already, and we'll we'll get into all of the things. But for those that aren't familiar with Angela Rockwood's world, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: So I'm a rolling empire. <laughs> a rolling goddess humbly um i say goddess because i'm all about love and compassion uh i was i was born to a military father traveled all over the world and my father um he basically taught me that you can go out into the world and do whatever you want to do you don't need a man to do it you could probably do it better than a man but of course you need a man or your love to have a family and you know give love and everything so um, I was raised by my dad, and I'm so grateful for that. And because of that, I am who I am today. And, of course, of my stepmom and the people who are in my life. But I was injured in a horrific car accident one week before 9-11 that paralyzed me from the neck down. So uh, when you're telling someone that they're a quadriplegic, most people are- most people are like quadriplegic, but then when you say Superman, they're like, oh, okay, he fell off of a horse and he can't move. But when people see me, they see me moving my arms and stuff, but I'm not really moving my arms to say, because I have my deltoids and my biceps, but I don't have my triceps. So I can't push you or I can't push a wheelchair long distance and I don't have the dexterity in my fingers. So realistically, yes, if I'm laying down right now in this bed, I'm not able to sit up or roll over. I do need some assistance. And uh, I woke up in that hospital on September 4. I remember opening my eyes and looking up at that ceiling. And it was like deja vu. So I knew that I was going to be in a car accident. I didn't know I was going to be paralyzed, but I knew it was going to be in an accident when I was 17. And to really get in depth with that, my mom also brought me to a prophetess. They call them psychics here in the United States, but in Thailand, they're like the anointed ones that are blessed and they see things. Right. Don't expect your money and stuff. But this woman told my mom, your daughter is very, um, not gifted, but blessed in the sense of whatever she asks for, she can get it, good or bad. But she has to be careful because when she's about 25, 26, I didn't remember the, the, the number, but looking back and looking at that paper, I remember now. So saying all of that, when I did wake up in the hospital and I looked up at that ceiling, it was deja vu. And I'm, I'm remembering the ceiling. I'm remembering how it looked. And imagine being this adrenaline junkie from going racing motorcycles to doing martial arts to being a runner. And then you wake up and you're in this paralyzed body. You can't move. You can't feel. And you're on morphine. You're looking at the TV and 9-11 is going on. So like, I thought I died in the purgatory, okay? Oh, but there was this God. little voice that was like talking to me. And it's so funny, babe, because this sense of peace came over my body. Because the first thing that I thought of was, oh my God, I'm alive. And the second thought was, I knew it was for a reason. I just knew, I knew. I was like, this is the big bang that I've been waiting for. And I saw this flash before me of my whole entire life. And I had my father sit by my bedside. And he wrote word for word, everything that I saw in this red journal that I have, and I'm living it till this day.
1: Oh my gosh. So yeah, that moment of calm, I know what you're talking about. And it's so hard to explain to people because it's this simultaneous conglomerate of so many layers of feelings happening at the same exact time, fear, panic, um, you know, stress, anxiety, you know, sorrow. And then you have this peace and calm that's sort of hovering over all of it, like an umbrella. And it's bizarre because Your brain tells you that you shouldn't feel like that. Your brain tells you that you should be freaking out and panicking and, you know, all of the, all of the bad, but you have this overwhelming sense of reassurance that you have nothing to substantiate the feeling. I think
0: it's gone. Or, or is it, is it your brain telling it, telling you, or are we conditioned to think that when something catastrophic happens that we have to freak out? right? Right. So it's a matter of, and I and I want to say that this goes back to the guru Krishnamurti um, when he speaks about emotions or pain or anything. When you're actually labeling stuff, when you're la- when you're actually labeling things, you're obviously not in the moment because you're coming out of the moment and you're realizing, oh Shiza, I should be freaking out right now. So then you're labeling it. But if you're actually in the moment. And you're not labeling it then you're realizing okay so I'm paralyzed okay most people would freak out yeah like I can't move I can't feel but for me it was just I'm freaking alive because I flew out of that car and I landed on my head and I remember bleeding on the side of the road and I crossed over saw the white light came back so for me it was just I can't believe I survived because I shouldn't have survived
1: right Right. so almost grateful
0: But I know what you're talking about, though, because I always have those moments. I have those moments. And I think now I have more of those moments now because of all the crap that I've been through in my life that I just eh, it's just one of those moments. Let me just find that peace. Let me just go back to that serenity. And we're just going to be calm and just go with the flow of it. And you just trust it. And you just go with that, you know?
1: Absolutely. I think trauma definitely changes people. Trauma changes people. And. I know now I am, I am, am such a protector of, of my peace where I'm very good at setting boundaries. I'm very good at, at, you know, conveying my expectations, even with friendships um, or with family. And it, it's like, you know, sometimes it, it, it kind of sucks like to, you know, set boundaries with certain things or, but it, it's just when you have been through One thing after another, and it's all, it's all relative to the person, you know, pain is pain, trauma is trauma, struggle is struggle because we all carry it and we all acknowledge it differently with our energy and with our minds and with our emotions and our soul. So it's, um, yeah, when you finally figure out, okay, I can look at things differently and I'm going to look at things with, I love what you said with gratitude and, um, my husband and I, 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 I share this and he, I'm, I'm blessed that he's comfortable with me sharing this. He's 20 years sober in the program and he's constantly talking about, uh, being grateful and gratitude and gratitude. And it's so easy to get complacent and say, Oh, my day sucks. And mm. Oh, this is going wrong. And this is crap. And but it's like, Whoa, just take a step back, you know, try to decompartmentalize. <laughs> all of mm-hmm. the junk and all the nonsense. Cause it gets noisy and it gets cloudy. Um, yeah. but yeah, going back to that, that sense of calm, I had the exact same response when I got the phone call in 2019 that I was diagnosed with MS. It was like everything at once. It was the fear, the anxiety, the Holy crap. I'm young. I was 30 at the time. And then I felt totally cool, calm and collected. And peaceful. And I'm like, this is good. This is a good thing. Literally. I hadn't even hung up yeah. the phone yet. And I said to myself, this is a good thing. Like, I don't even understand. I don't understand the psychological backing of that enough to substantiate where that even comes from other than yeah. Intrepidity and strength. And it's like, you know, it's like survival. Well,
0: it's probably also that you've been through a lot in your life that you understood that This was just going to allow you to just grow and you're just going to take it,
1: you know? Let me ask you this. And this is such a loaded question. Do you feel that your life is better now than it was prior to your accident?
0: You know, right before my car accident, I finally was on a straight path and I just signed with a modeling and acting agency. I was engaged, I just got engaged, I just bought a new house. So it's interesting that you asked that because I remember I actually was planning my wedding and I was at a water, it was like a, it was up in San Francisco, Um, it was this place backflip. it was like some big like house party um, at this hotel and there was like, I don't know, probably, I don't know, could have been how many, 5,000, 6,000 people. But I remember being up on that balcony and saying, sending it out into the heavens to God, just saying, you know what, thank you, thank you for this. Like my my life is finally on track and I'm finally doing good. And this is what I'm gonna do. But there's a little bit of negativity coming from this corner. And it's these fair weather friends because I just moved to LA. And you know, LA, as long as you pick your your friends and you, you make your and create your family, then you're good. But when I first moved to LA, I I didn't like it because of the shallow superficial energy and just not trying to trust this person or that person. And so I said, God, could you please just banish these farewell other friends? And I just want to be surrounded by good, genuine, real down to earth human beings. And little did I know that the very next day I was going to be granted that wish. And there it was within that year, I learned who my real friends were because there's some people that they couldn't handle it and they never showed up or they just, you know, it's it's like even till this day, I've not spoken to the woman who was driving the car, my best friend. But the point that I'm getting to is um, you asked, is my life better now than it was then? I can't say because I didn't get that chance to really move forward as this 25 I I actually had turned 26 as this 26, it was 25 that I really truly embodied who I was as a woman. I was Mm -hmm. finally comfortable in my vessel and owning my power and who I was. So I just turned 26 and few months later I get into this accident. So regardless if I was still able-bodied and walking or if I'm sitting in a wheelchair, that energy that I had to just take on the world and just to make an impact, regardless if I was walking or sitting, it's still there. And I know that I, I would still be doing it. So whether I would do it walking, maybe I'd do it faster because I'd run, but being in a wheelchair, you can freaking zoom, you know? So <laughs> I'm, yeah, in the last 20 some years, like 22, it'll be 22 this year. I've done a lot in 22 years sitting on my butt.
1: You have, you have. And that's why I ask because I look at your, it is, it's a career. I look at your career. I look at your speaking. I look at, you know, your advocacy and your stance on things and you are making a huge mark in life. You, Thank are, you. That
0: means a lot. you are
1: permanently stamping Angela Rockwood in the disability community and the paraplegic community, quadriplegic. It, it it's, It's so clear. Like it's not hard to see. Um, and I I it's so funny. I have your your Instagram pulled up on my iPad as we're having the conversation because my memory is crashed. So I'm like, I have to like scroll through. But your modeling and the photography and your it's not just you can tell the difference between and as a model, I'm sure you can agree with this, between somebody that's just posing and then somebody that's embodying everything about that shoot. And It's so easy to look at your photos and see all of the underlining subtext of your entire story. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. It's beautiful and remarkable. And what made you, what was that trigger, I guess, that sort of flipped in your head of saying, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to do something valuable with it.
0: I'm so happy you're saying this because I don't know if you know what's going on right now with this whole Candace Owen thing, if you even saw it. No, you didn't be able to talk about that. Well, we could talk about that. Um, we're talking about representation here. And I don't know if you, you have to check it out. I'll send you the link with this woman, Candace Owen, who basically saw Kim Kardashian's lingerie line skims. And there's a woman in a wheelchair who's modeling her garments, her undergarments, her, her underwear, her lingerie. And this woman is like, what is this? Why do we need to see this? Why do we need to see a woman in a wheelchair wearing a panties and bra? Like, okay. I understand it's inclusive thing, but like, I'm done with it. Like these are her words.
1: Yeah, that's not okay. So you have to watch,
0: but it's, it's, this has been the whole juice this morning and last night when I saw it, because someone tagged me. And you're asking me this question because why is it that I do what I do? I started in the industry when I was 17 years old. I turned 48. So I've been in the business at least 30 years, over 30 years, maybe a little more. And I I always knew as a young soul, little girl, that I was going to make an impact in the world. I just knew. And it wasn't about being famous or anything like that. I knew if I made a name for myself my name can make an impact i knew that so after my paralysis considering i was already in the industry before that and understanding the industry and understanding the impact that the media has whether it's entertainment now it's social media because back in the day like i'm old school model like we didn't have social media so you had big campaign ads and billboards and things like that the tv now you have youtube You know, you have everything out the name. You know what I'm talking about. So basically to answer your question, after I was injured at 26, I already knew that I was going to be this voice. I already knew that I had this, this essence, this spirit that I could go out there and be this trailblazer. So basically what I'm getting to is I already knew, like I said, it's in that journal. I I said in there, I'm going to be a voice for those that are in the dark. I already knew this. So I embraced it. And as as I went into my journey after being transported into the realm of the paralyzed, opening up magazines, I didn't see a woman in a wheelchair who was modeling. I didn't see a woman in a wheelchair who was on TV. I didn't see this the same way when I was a little girl. I didn't see an Asian actress. I didn't see an Asian supermodel. So if I don't see that, why can't I be that? So that's when I decided, okay. And I learned, wow, people in chairs can be actors and models. I got back into the industry and I literally couldn't sit around waiting for wheelchair roles to roll in. So that's when I decided to break into the industry of modeling. And luckily, fortunately, during that time, when I made that decision, Nordstrom was one of the big companies that decided to do that, and be the trailblazer. And I was fortunate enough to work with them for about six years, just flying back and forth from LA. I was their their, uh, catalog model. So it's not like a lot of people saw me in this big billboard or anything like that. But if you opened up the catalog, you would see a woman in a wheelchair modeling clothes. And what's so funny is people, it actually became controversial because people are like, how dare Nordstrom hire an able-bodied model to pretend to be in a wheelchair. So people thought that I was not even quadriplegic because they were looking at me thinking that I was just, I looked quote unquote normal, like a normal okay. model. Right, I, like it's
1: a, it's a tactic, yeah. marketing tactic, yeah.
0: Exactly. So I had to write in and say, I'm really a quadriplegic. Anyway, so fast forward. So then eventually um, that's when I decided to co-create and produce my own TV show because this can happen to anybody. Just like you know, disability happens to anyone. As we get older, we maybe end up in a wheelchair. So, like I said, you know, about one to two million people are affected a year from paralysis. And there's what, five, three to five billion folks in the world, I don't know how many now, with disabilities. So the thing is, I'm here to show the world that despite whether you lose a breast to breast cancer or you're dealing with AIDS or you just lost a loved one or you're paralyzed from a car accident, it doesn't matter. You have to continue to live your life to the fullest, as cheesy as that sounds. It's and just, just it's, life is short. And I'm not going to say life is short anymore. I said that I was not going to say that anymore this year yeah. because <laughs> life is short. We all know that we're going to pass away and we are going to all expire. But life is precious and these precious moments that we have, we must embrace them, be happy and just don't sweat the small stuff. I sweated way too much small stuff before the accident and I'm not doing that anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's so funny that crazy, you know, things that are supposedly supposed to be categorized as like, you know, catastrophic can just really shape you. I am so grateful that... I was diagnosed with MS and people don't understand that. They're like, wow, you must be a glutton for punishment. But I think it was the best thing that could have happened to me. I was, you know, kind of yo-yoing in my life, like up, down, up, down. I was picking horrible friendships, horrible relationships. My first marriage was an absolute disaster, Um, you know, with somebody that I, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about alcoholism or drug addiction. And I, I Mm -hmm. learned that through being married to somebody that struggled with those things. So it was, um, I was not in my best light and I think I needed to be humbled and holy hell did, you know, a diagnosis of a currently incurable progressive disease. We're working on it. Thank you MS society and, and, you know, funded research for multiple sclerosis, but it humbled the hell out of me big time. And I am so grateful for who I've become because it's like, you know, you go through life and You've got the jobs and you've got the responsibilities and your soul on paper, everything is good, but your soul is still hungry and your soul Mm -hmm. is like, gosh, I'm just not getting enough. I'm not getting enough. I'm not, I'm not, this isn't why I'm here. This isn't why I'm here.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. And then that moment happens and you go, oh, okay, well, I can use this. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's the the part that I wish more people would be uh, accepting of and and more open minded of, you know, it's they get they get stuck in the panic and they get stuck in the fear. Fear is inevitable. We're all going to we're all going to experience fear. But I really think that it's a choice as to what you do with it how you can transform that fear and turn it into something useful and impactful and something beautiful. And you have done that. Push Girls, I see as the catalyst of how you just from, okay. And again, I I don't like to look too much into the people that I have conversations with because it takes away from that like authenticity yeah. and that organic yeah. connection. You yeah. know, like I'm all about yeah. like, it doesn't matter, and nothing is scripted, and blah blah blah. But just from what I've seen, I can see the the connection, and you know the the encouragement that each of you had for each other, of you know setting that stance in the world and saying, "Hey, we're out here, and we're going to make it look really freaking good."
0: <laughs> yeah. And and that was the thing. Like you, well, you. I'm going to rewind because what you said about being humble. That was the one thing, you know, we're all here to learn our lessons. And that was my thing. It wasn't that I was this cocky girl walking around like my stuff didn't stink. It was, I was the woman that I had too much pride. I would not ask for help. I would be doing five to six things at once and Mm -hmm. I wouldn't ask for any help. So I knew the moment I got paralyzed, that was the first thing. After I said, thank you, I'm alive. And okay, I know this is for a reason. Then I looked up and I laughed. I literally laughed saying, oh man, you're going to make me learn this lesson that I have to ask for help.
1: Angela Rockwood. The second I hung up the phone from Kaiser's neurology department, I was in the hallway of my office building. I kid you not. And I've written this in articles. So it's proof that I'm not just like, you know, making it up now, but you know, like the office buildings, how they have like the big piping and stuff and how Mm -hmm. it's all like intertwined piping. I was staring, I was like kind of zoning out. And looking up and I look up and I go, I start laughing and I go, okay, like, okay. Like whatever the heck it is that you're doing, bring it on. Like, okay, yeah. I got it. And I yeah. walked back in the office and I was laughing hysterically and I walked into my boss, my boss's office. I was still laughing. And then I got, it got real and it got serious. And then I, you know, everything kind of switched, but where the hell does that laughter come from? I've heard multiple people say that. What is that? It's so bizarre.
0: I don't know. It's just because it's our spirit being so stubborn and we just keep taking it and taking it and taking it. And I've heard that saying, glutton for punishment, but we just take it and take it and take it because we just know that we're strong and we're going to do it and no, I'm going to do it like this and nah. But then finally that one thing hits you and that's what it was, the paralysis, because I wasn't a paraplegic. I was made to be a quadriplegic. Like at least if I was a, a paraplegic, I could wipe my own butt and I can transfer in a chair and be out of here. And we can go out. Cause I could drive like, you know, but the thing is not that quad can't drive. Cause I could drive but that. You just need a hundred another 150,000 put into the car to make it drive. Right. But the point is now I have to, I couldn't even get a drink of water. I had to ask for a drink of water. And so I will lay here in this bed and take, 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, three hours, who knows when the caregiver will come in here. But I've spent, there's been many days when a caregiver didn't come. I didn't freak out. I just laid here and did whatever I needed to do. But once I get into my wheelchair, I can take on that world. And like you said, with the show, my girlfriends, you know, as you know, birds of a feather flock together and the energy you put out there, you attract it. So my girlfriends, the beauty is, it wasn't, the common, domino- the common denominator was not the wheelchair. It was our spirit. It was our drive. That's what attracted us to be actual friends. And the fact that we wanted to change the world and impact the world and show others, it wasn't an act. I remember reading this article about a woman who actually talked about our show, who is in a wheelchair, saying there's no way these girls have makeup every day and they look like this. And no, excuse me, I do wear makeup every day. If someone's gonna come over, like you could see, I need to put my concealer on because I'm not showing you my raccoon eyes. And I like to be stylish. This is not about being modeling or modeling or being vain or anything. It has nothing to do with us. I want to feel good. I do this for myself. It's I don't expressive. do it for anybody else. Yeah. So um, like you said, like we already knew what we were going to do. And I believe that things happen for a reason. I believe in divine connection. So even when I first met my girlfriend, Atti who we know today, she passed been a year and her soul is not resting her soul is all over taken on the universe and soaring busy. Girl she is is
1: so busy girl is so busy right
0: now oh my god my best friend is in the astral realm just manifesting bringing all the miracles from heaven and she's doing her business and that was the thing when we got together we're like we're going to create a girl group on wheels to go out and remind others to live your freaking life to the fullest. And at that time, yeah, we were called Charlie's, Charlie's Angels. So and then it got changed to Angela's Angels and then to Hot Wheels and then to uh, Push Girls.
1: <laughs> I yeah. love it. I love it. I love yeah. it. I remember seeing uh, one of Autie's videos uh, a few years ago before I knew that she was your best friend, I didn't correlate the connection. I had no idea. And I saw one of her videos, I think on YouTube. And I was like, Oh, my goodness, who is this chick? She is on fire. Yeah. And it wasn't just the choreography. It wasn't just her sense of style. But it was something that she radiated. She her vibration. I mean, okay, you guys know that I'm very like much into... i am a christian i i you know i i practice christianity i believe in god and and jc's my homeboy but i also maybe it's like my native background like my native american background where i totally believe in spirituality and everything is part of energy and everybody's energy manifests differently and you can pick up on the vibrations of people you and her both radiate so high that it's just it's like infectious it's like you just you can't get enough, (laughs) you know? And that's when I
0: go ahead. Sorry, babe. When
1: I no, it's okay. When I saw her video and I think it, it wasn't in a studio. It wasn't on a stage. I think it was just like maybe in her house or apartment. I was like, Oh my gosh, clap. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You said it. You said it. You said fire. That's definitely her spirit. And our energy, we always said we were like twin flames, like soul sisters, because we were just like twins. Like our energy is like there's nobody that was able to come close to my to my energy, but her and that sense of passion and drive and even the shenanigans getting into no good and, and trouble and and just and being fire. You know, she was like my partner in crime. But uh, yeah, yeah, so.
1: Gosh. And breast cancer. Hi, it, it's, it's real. It happens. It's scary. I mean, that's why when I, I did genetic testing in uh, 2020 and they gave me, mm-hmm. um, I was positive, uh, with a 65% of developing breast cancer off of check two was my mutation. Mm-hmm. So it was like a no brainer. Like, Hey, my husband's a butt guy anyways. Yeah. So <laughs> take them. Thank God. <laughs> I was, now, now I was I can, wondering about I can. that. Yeah. Like I can move about my day and my back doesn't hurt as much. Cause I was, I was a double D like big girl. Wow. Um, yeah. And I, we did the, um, reconstruction. I did, uh, saline implants at first. And then it was like, you know, a water balloon being held up by like a plastic bag. It was just not aesthetically comfortable Moved to silicone. But then I ended up getting, um, silicone toxicity from the implants. Wow. It was crazy. I know it was like something is going on with my body. It set off fibromyalgia on top of MS. So last, what year are we in? See, this is what the pandemic did to everybody by the way. Yeah. 2023. <laughs> so last May, it may have been May. It may have been March. I don't even know. It's like when you have four surgeries in two years, it's like, whoa, so much. Um, but I had the implants removed and just did aesthetic flat closure. And I will tell you what, the confidence that I have now, aside from, you know, the mental reassurance that I have a less probability of developing breast cancer. It's so freeing. It's like, it's so freeing. And just, but maybe I, there's so many moving parts to all of it. I think it's also a contributive factor of getting older and just not giving a crap. Mm
0: -hmm. You know, it's like
1: there are more important things. And when you have that, that flip of perception of what is being, you know, what, what should be held more valuable in your life, man, does it put things into perspective and it makes things so much simpler, you know? I'll
0: agree. I'll agree 110% to that. And you hear people saying it, but then when you actually are there and you're saying it yourself, you're just like, wow. Okay. And it's a sense of power too. It's a real power that you have and it feels so good.
1: Yeah, it does. It does. And it you don't, just, you don't feel
0: controlled.
1: No. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. sort of like, it's like the catalyst for this momentum that just, you're kind of unstoppable. And You know, it's, it's like level up, level up, level up, level up, level up. And it sounds so, it sounds, I don't know. It sounds so bland and simple, but it's, it's got so many moving parts to it that just sort of kick you off into the next chapter of life. It's so fun. (laughs) (laughs) So you're in New York now? Oh, I'm in Pennsylvania. Okay, why did I think you were in New York? Yeah. Were you in New York because, like recently no, yeah,
0: No, I was in New York. I was there. I was visiting and stuff like that. But I just keep saying East Coast. It's just easier. But I came out here. It's it's definitely way cheaper than actually being in New York. Mm-hmm. And New York's not very accessible in the sense of for wheelchairs and stuff like that. No. And so here where I'm staying, it's at least it's accessible. And it's in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So they're just... It's like a small New York, like it just started growing like five years ago. So they have all these amazing buildings and new apartment complexes that went up and they're just, they're starting to build it. So I left LA, it's been a year now. I left December 23rd. So yeah, about a year and three months. And um, it was during, you know, the pandemic was going on and they already locked us down three years ago. I locked myself in my house for two years. I ended up getting it anyways from my roommate, but I was like, what do I have to lose? And, th- and I didn't know what they're going to lock us down again or what. So I was like, let me go on the East coast and start doing some stuff and start a new chapter. And, um, my girlfriend, Auti, she was supposed to be alive, but it's okay. Cause now she's in the astral realm and she's doing it from there, but, uh, going to start the next chapter of push girls. So, you know, so, things happen and you just got to keep on flowing and going. Right. Yeah.
1: yeah mm-hmm. I think the I think the beauty of it all is that it's a constant evolution and I hate labeling. I hate saying like, Oh, well, what, you know, people ask you like, what are you? And like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. And Judy Holler, who's a motivational speaker? I just love her. Uh, shout out Judy. Love you, girl. Uh, she says this too, that why do we have to pick one thing? <sighs> it's not. Artist, speaker, writer, model, advocate, you know, influence, whatever you want to call it. It's like, stop the labeling because I'm five more things now than I was a year ago. And 10 years from now, I'm going to be 23 more things, Mm -hmm. you know, than I was now.
0: It's so so true. I'm so glad you say that.
1: Yeah. It's this constant evolution that I think, um, you know, challenges us to be the best version of ourselves.
0: Cause even when I was a little girl, I remember I was like six and a half, almost seven living in North Carolina. And I remember I wanted to do all these things. And I remember, you know, you, you hear your elderlies telling you like, no, you have to focus on one thing you have. To, and I'm like, why? And then as you grow older, they're telling you, you're going to go to college. You got to pick this to do. And, and you're just kind of like, but Why? And then now it's just like, I'm like, I do this and I do that. And, I do, and people are like, oh, so what do you do? And I'm looking at them laughing, like, what do I not do? You know, right. so because
1: yeah, I do it yeah. all.
0: I, I, yeah. And, and then I, and I applaud those that can focus and harness their energy all into one thing that has its power of itself. But then for those who like to spread things out and just do everything, you know, I'm one of those. So, yeah, yeah. definitely I oh, totally gosh. know what you're
1: talking about. Me too. I could not, if I just had to do one thing forever, I, I would go nuts.
0: Renaissance women. That's what we are. So yeah.
1: we
0: come from a different fabric. So yeah. Yeah.
1: You yes. Know, people, oh my gosh. Uh,
0: I really believe too. I mean, you're sitting there talking about, I'm like you too. Um, when we talk about Christianity and being Christian and believing in God, I pray to God every day. I meditate to God every day. I have like an open channel Him and I are just like partners here, just friends. And like, that's how it is. I'm constantly just, yep, this, this, and this. You know, I'm like, I mean, my name, Angela, messenger of God. So I already know why I'm here. I know what I'm doing. And uh, my name says it all. But basically, um, I'm kind of like Bruce Lee with spirituality. The way he is, he takes a little bit of this and that and that with his martial arts. And he created what he has now with Jaekwondo. Yeah. But like urgent kundo. So with me, what I was telling you, how we're saying how we do all this stuff, because I really believe my mom being Buddhist, um, and if we talk about past lives, that's a whole other a whole other discussion. But if we truly lived all these past lives, and we had these different lives, and we picked up these different traits and these tools and gifts within our souls, because we already know. In this vessel, we're the soul in this vessel, learning all of these things, creating all these memories that when we leave this plane and we go to the next, we can't bring any of the materialistic items, but we bring what we learn. So if we're bringing things from other pasts, it's the same way when I came into this life at six years old, I'm like ripping up clothes and then sewing it back together again. And at six years old, I'm telling myself, yeah, somebody taught me this. Like I already knew somebody taught me this in another life. Okay. Please. And then when I was, this was like 10 years ago, right before the show, I think I was like having chronic UTIs for four years. And my Western doctor sent me to my clairvoyant teacher. Now Judy Nilsson, and she did this reading on me because I told her, I said, look, I was like, you want to do a reading on me? I was like, okay, cool. I don't want to know about my future. Cause I'm manifesting that. I'm already living the present right now, but I'm very curious about past lives being mm-hmm. raised Christian. And so we did this whole thing. And then when she did it, I was really amazed, not shocked in the sense like, oh yeah, well I knew, but she was like, oh yeah, you've been through this. Like you are like, this is not bad karma because most Asians or most Buddhists they think that if you are disabled, oh, you must have did something bad in the past, you know, in the past life. Right. That's why in this life you're disabled. Yeah, it's no. a
1: cultural thing. Yeah. Yes,
0: it is a cultural thing. That was something I had to deal with with my um, my ex husband and his family being um, Asian, and um, she said to me, "Oh no, you picked this." You were like, oh yeah, paralysis, (laughs) I could do that, easy, bring it on. And then she's like, this is not the first time that you were paralyzed. You were paralyzed as a young man. But she she was telling me something that I already knew because another friend had put me quote unquote under and I had flashes of a past life of being stoned to death almost, but it paralyzed me. So when she was telling me my connection with my stepmom in this life, To me now and bring it back to my past life I was like oh interesting so because I was paralyzed in that life that's why in this life I'm just kind of like oh whatever
1: been there done
0: that you know so I always tell people it's interesting your foundation can be Christianity but if you brought in your mind and you decide to just kind of like dive deep and if there is a past life Why not know who or what you were in the past life to know exactly what your soul went through and what you're worth and what you can do and how powerful you are, you know?
1: Oh, gosh, absolutely. I mean, music has been that for me always. Um, My mother's a pianist and composer and um, my grandfather was a musician and My mom will tell me, you know, when I was a baby, probably not even two years old in the little, you know, rocker chair thing, she'd be, mom would be at the piano and she'd have one foot on the piano pedal and one foot on my chair rocking me. And my Nina had been telling her, Kristen, Kristen, she's, the kid's humming. She's humming. She's trying to sing. And I wasn't even two. So by four, you know, mom started teaching me songs, you know, the, um, God bless America. And how much is that doggy in the window? And the little M&Ms would be my little treats. If I would memorize a line, I would get an (laughs) M&M. So I was like a little, a little trick pony, but, um, yeah, you have these, you know, things and these, these fundamentals in your life that just move your soul and you have no, you have nothing to substantiate where it came from or why but it's in you and it's in your blood and it's in your soul and it's in your spirit and every fiber of your being that it just, I, I know now, and man, did I try, I tried to force myself into the office job and be the administrative assistant and good God, it was like trying to baptize a cat. It just did not work. I know that every fiber of my existence and spirit is art whether it be interior design or fashion or writing or music or now painting. It's just, I have to be an artist. I don't know. I don't know how to be normal. <laughs> I no, was not I destined you. to be a surgeon. No, <laughs> you know?
0: I'm you. That's like me. If you take spirituality away from me, I'm no longer who I am. I know that.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what are you doing now? What is your latest project? Tell us, tell us oh, what Angela is doing. Cause it's not Angela. just
0: one thing. I know this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. So, um, gosh, I'm just, I mean, it's, it's as simple as this. First of all, it took me a good year and I'm back to it again. And, and this is what's unfortunate being in this situation as a quadriplegic, especially in this country. And especially now, and I can say this today cause I'm dealing with it today. It's, I came out here to the East coast. It took me eight months to get, just the whole caregiving situation under wrap because they didn't take Medicare out here. So I had to pay out of pocket. I paid at least $38,000 out of pocket just for caregiving. And that's a lot. And that's coming from someone that only makes 2,200 a month with her disability. And I have no shame to say all of this because this is the truth. And this is, I didn't pick to be a quadriplegic. If I could get out of bed on my own, get in the chair and go work a nine to five job or work a job or drive, I would be doing it. But it's unfortunate that I have to rely on a system to provide caregivers for me when they can't even give me the caregivers because of this Mm -hmm. way the system works. So to answer your question right now, for the first year, it was about it was a matter of just laying the foundation down of just getting caregivers situated, which now that all blew up about a, a week and a half ago. But that's okay. That doesn't stop me. Because people don't understand, like, I can't live my life and manifest the things I need to do without just having a normal schedule of someone just coming in, bathing me, putting my clothes on, feeding me, putting me in my wheelchair, just how a normal person would just have a routine. So right. saying all of that, at the moment, I am, uh, like I said, it's a whole new chapter, and especially it's special on this day, with creating what i created with push girls i can't say the details of it all right now but it's happening it's manifesting this year is dedicated to my best friend auti i came on the east coast so that i could start back in the modeling world yes at 48 years of age in a wheelchair paralyzed from the neck down asian american to that woman candace owens out there you will be seeing lots of ads Lots yeah. of breaking stereotypes and everything. right.
1: And first of all, I will say this you, my dear, do not look 48. Holy crap. You look fantastic. I, I knew because I, I saw something about a 40th birthday. Maybe it was an old post that popped up, but my goodness, God bless you. You look fantastic. Thank you. But I was like wondering, like, what is 48 supposed to look like? I was just, I just asked my honey. I was just
0: like, what does 48 look like? What does it look like? You know, and this is without Botox. Okay. And this is stress and this is everything, medication, everything that was all in there. But I think, I think the secret is people say, oh, it's because you're Asian. No, because I have a Caucasian side too. But I think I know it's all about not stressing because stress alone can make you old and age you
1: my goodness do i oh my god
0: right because i remember looking at photos when i was 21 i was 21 turning 22 i was working in san francisco i thought it was the best time of my life in a cigar lounge probably stressed out in the worst relationship of and when you're in a bad relationship oh my god get out of it now because
1: it is soul sucking yes And
0: I remember looking at the photo, I was 21 and I looked like I was like 35 or 36.
1: Yes. Yep. Oh, I've got pictures like that too. It's crazy. (laughs) And I mean, I'm, I'm 34, but some days I feel 34, some days I feel 24 and some days I feel 64. So it's all beauty, the physical, it's all connected with your mind. Yes.
0: Yes, it is. And it's, and it's sad too, because in the, I'm happy now because in the modeling world back in the day, you couldn't be wrinkly. You couldn't have a pimple. You couldn't be this big or this or that. And now there's a huge shift that has happened in the last 10 years. So now you're starting to see women of age, women of color, plus models, disabled models. So now you're starting to see real people in the industry. And I think it's beautiful. And so- to add to all of that. Yeah, I'm basically just coming back. The 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 goddess, you know how they say the giant has awoken. The goddess ah. has awoken. The goddess has awoken. I'm coming back. I'm taking over and the queen is back on her throne to just do what I need to do and yes. I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing oh it. Gosh.
1: I'm doing it. I I will say this, I'm, I'm totally bummed that you're not in LA anymore because I know you and I were trying to link up right like before the pandemic started. And then everybody went into turtle shell mode of, yeah. I can't get sick and I yeah. have a broken immune system. And uh, for two years I didn't wear pants. So, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Right. I'm like, like, am I wearing pants right now?
0: I'm like, look, <laughs> I'm not wearing <laughs> pants right now. No, I'm kidding. No, I've i been
1: painting all morning. So
0: I'll be back in June. I'll be back in June. <gasps> you will. Yeah, I'll be back in June. I'm, I'm planning it. I'm going. I'm going. Okay, so I'm going to Thailand in two weeks. So you're asking what I'm doing. I'm actually going to Thailand. I'm getting on the plane in two weeks, the longest trip of my life. I think it's going to be like a 19 hour flight. Oh, and I'm going geez. to Thailand to the motherland to the land of smiles because I don't know what's going to happen in two years when I turn 50. I don't know what's going to happen with the United States. And I'm exhausted in the sense of fighting the system for my care. And so I want to see what's over there in Thailand because I've been speaking to friends and everything who live there. And the cost of living over there is very inexpensive. And finding a caregiver or someone to live, or even come into the house for 10 hours. They said $10. It's ridiculous. So, I mean, you know, the dollar stretches very far there. I have a friend, him and his husband, they live in Bangkok. They said, Angela, we will blow the AC all day long, all day long, 24 seven, all month long. And at the end of the month, our bill is only 35 bucks. We shop at a place equivalent to Whole Foods, but watch out on those labels because most of the food's from China, but we shop at a place equivalent to Whole Foods and you know the produce is a little expensive, and we'll go to the restaurants by the river on the weekends. We're lucky; like we'll try really, really, really hard. We're lucky if we even spend a thousand dollars a month.
1: Oh my gosh, what are we yeah, doing so, here? Then I we know, all need to leave. I know,
0: <laughs> I know. So I'm going to be there um, on the beach in Patsia Beach on um, Thai New Year. I was looking oh. at the hotels. The hotels alone on the beach. This same five-star hotel, if you go to Venice, because I've been to two over there, easily 450 a night. Oh, yeah. There, $20 <sighs> is the cheapest. Uh, the most expensive is $90. Oh,
1: my gosh. Stop it! Yeah. Okay, I want I want out. <laughs> yeah. So Keep me in your suitcase. So, <laughs> I'm leaving. So when I
0: come back from Thailand, I'll be back here. But then I'll be back in LA in June because I have to go check on my house and see what's going on. Because right now, as we're speaking. There's some flooding going on because I know you guys have been having rains out there. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, the weather is so bipolar right now. It's insane. And I'm from Boston, so I'm used to like torrential catastrophic hurricanes, but this atmospheric river crap that's happening, it's insane. Our ground cannot cannot handle all the moisture. I know. My
0: house is about to turn into Noah's Ark because it flooded two weeks ago. I got a pump in there and now it flooded yesterday again I had a guy go there he just said it's just groundwater he's like LA can't take this and it's not built for it I'm like what is going on you know what's so crazy they said that it was supposed to snow and be the worst winter here it didn't even snow maybe three times it tried to sprinkle a little little snowflakes here and there but you guys got snow
1: no, I know. Big Bear, they were having, uh, supplies and, and everything and food helicoptered in because they can't get out. Lake Arrowhead Crestline is the same right now. It's insane. Yeah. It's nuts. There's houses on Laguna, um, on the water that are, they, they, it was like a rental building or an apartment complex or something that they literally went in and they told everybody, okay, you have an hour to get what you need and get out. We're, we're condemning the building because it's going, it's going to fall. Yeah. It's crazy. Somebody just passed away. Um, there was a, a car full of three passengers, and the driver passed away right on our exit, five seconds away, because of hydroplaning, because the rain is so, so bad. It's like I, I yeah, just ugh. I'm happy yeah, in my awful. house painting, doing this, talking to amazing people. It's like I'm safe, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll order oh a pizza. God. Oh my gosh, so crazy. Well, when you come out. I'm coming wherever you are. I will find you, and I need to. I need to hug you. Like I need to. My, my body needs to touch your body. <laughs> I need your energy.
0: <laughs> I'll be here. I'll be here. Yeah, I should be. I'm thinking to go there in June. So, like I said, I go back and forth, and um, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what this trip does. What I'll eventually. Um, I'm putting it out there, but what I'll manifest with the trip, um, being back in the business, the whole acting and modeling is just you know, the COVID has everything to do with it because it's a matter, it's a, it's a catch 22. You get hired, but if you're on the set, you have to have the vaccination card, but Oh my God, now they just found out it was created in a lab. Hello. I've been saying this like three years ago, so I don't know what's going to happen, but like just to finish off your question of what I'm doing, it's, it's focusing on the new chapter with push girls, which is, I'm so excited because uh, it's 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 the month of March, which is my birthday month. It's the year of the rabbit, and I just I have all this energy that I've stored up in the last three years of just being in the house and kept and protected and everything. And so when you keep that energy harnessed for so long, you're just ready to explode. Yeah, explode. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, I love going through those moments of just like, okay, you're, you know, and, and it's it's not always loud. Sometimes the work and the momentum is really, really quiet mm-hmm. and still, mm-hmm. and then it just pops.
0: Yeah, you know, that's how it's been.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so
0: it I'm so happy you say that.
1: Yeah, it's just when you're in it, man, oh my gosh, it's just, I, I, I'm just, I'm grateful. And I can tell you're also grateful for, you know, like where you are now and oh yes. where, can, I am. where can everybody connect with you, Angela?
0: Well, like you said, right there, I have four different Instagram accounts, which is crazy. Yes. I get bored very fast. No, it's not the case, but I have the real, and I'm trying to figure out, do I keep it the real Angela Rockwood? I mean, does that just sound so pretentious or what? I didn't pick it to be the real Angela Rockwood. It was just, originally it was just Angela Rockwood. And then people were like, are you the real Angela? Are you the real one from, I'm like, yes, I'm the real one. And then when I Googled Angela Rockwood, there's like four or five other Angela Rockwoods out there. I would leave
1: it. I love it. I love it. But so
0: there's the real Angela Rockwood. There's a rolling goddess. There's a rolling empire. And then there's Anne's tribe for the divine goddesses out there that are a little more open and woke. But um Yeah, I just, I I like what you said, how it's quiet sometimes, because I want to say something. You know, sometimes you need to take a step back from the big picture. And I know me leaving LA, a lot of people were like, what? Like, my friends are all like still telling me to come back. And what am I doing over here? and, And all this and all that. But just like what you're saying, it's just like, I took this step back. I'm in this haven of my sanctuary of peace. Focusing and harnessing my energy where I'm not just distracted by everything going on in LA. I mean, I know what's going on over there because I, you know, I'm, I'm texting my friends every day, but um, it allows me to really focus all my energy on what I need to manifest accordingly. And it's beautiful because I can feel. I, I have the excitement where I'm ready now to just showcase it, and it's about to just explode. And right. you can, you know, that feeling. Everybody yeah. knows that feeling when it's just right there and it's about to explode. Like I think you were saying earlier about it's like that that pimple when you're about to just pop it. You know, what yeah. it takes. It's like
1: a <laughs> little it's like
0: buzz. oh my god, is it going to squirt? You <laughs> it's know, <a> squirt <laughs> so, in my eye. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, I won't squirt in your eye. We just went on a whole other ball game, but basically, it's going to be an explosion of positivity and just what we need, what we need yeah. because this whole COVID thing just really screwed things up in the sense of people really protecting their energy and being distant and not like what you said. You're like, when you see me, like, I'm ready to give you this huge hug. Like, people were so afraid, and there's nothing wrong with it, of course. Yeah, we didn't know this whole COVID, and yeah, people are still when you go travel now, people are still masking up and keeping their distance, but, yeah, um, it's done something where people are looking at each other, like, are you sick or stay away? Or yeah. it, it, it shifted it's shifted and changed. Yeah. It's yeah. changed a
1: lot of things.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I know. leave us, that
1: back. leave us with, leave us with something, Angela, leave us with a. I, I <laughs> it's like, I love putting people on the spot. I did this to my my last person (laughs) that I interviewed, Neil Neil Goldstein. I was like, leave us with a one-liner. Oh no, you're
0: not putting on the spot. You could try. That would be a fun game. Try to put me on the spot. I would like to play that (laughs) game. I don't think anybody can put me on the spot. I would love to play that game. Um, I always say that life is a gift because it is. Life is a gift. And what we do with our life is our gift back to the world, to others, and to ourselves. And when I say life is a gift, this goes out to the people right now that are struggling for their life, who are fighting for their life, who want to live another day, who want to breathe just a little bit better, and who want to walk where it doesn't hurt. So for those who don't have those pains or those problems or anything, and they're just living their life like "say la vie or nonchalant like truly be in the moment and really embrace who you are as a person knowing that yeah tomorrow isn't promised and what you do and what you put out there and who you look at and who you meet put that good energy out there whether it's just a smile at someone or to give someone a hug if you feel that they need it as little as that it doesn't even have to be big but to be this gift to the world to every single person you meet to yourself, to really own your happiness and to leave your legacy, and that's it.
1: Thanks for listening to All the Odds with that crazy tattooed
0: MS chip. What's her name again? Oh, right. A hot MS. When you're not listening here, Check out her website for the latest blog or shoot her a DM on the gram. Oh, yeah, she's on that TikTok thing, too. And don't forget to celebrate your disasters. Your victories get enough attention.